you for joining Brothers of the Word. Because brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you who are joining us by television. Those of you joining us at airjesus.com. Stay tuned to today's message. Today is part two of something we started last week. Talking about walking in obedience. Walking in obedience. Nothing pleases God more than to see his children walk in obedience, to walk in obedience. And I like this, I like this phrase, this statement, the provisions of God are strategically located along the pathway of faithful obedience. And so you don't have to go searching for blessings and searching for provisions. No, all you have to do is walk the pathway. You walk the pathway of obedience, those provisions are strategically located. And so all you have to do is get on the pathway and stay on the pathway. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay on the pathway. They're strategically located. Pastor Nathaniel, he shared something with me a, a week or two ago about even in his company, he said that their number one product now came into existence because he obeyed God in something else. And because he obeyed God in something else, he bumped into the product along the way. And so he had just simply got on the path. He got on the path. So he wasn't, he wasn't seeking a product. He just got on the path. The product was on the path. So get on the path, get on the path of obedience, and you will bump into those providentially, strategically placed provisions and blessings of God that he already has in place. Isn't that wonderful news? All you have to do is get on the path. Get on the path and walk in obedience. Walk in obedience. You'll find your provisions in the, on this path of obedience. Path of obedience. It's just so much better to obey God and to be blessed than to be in disobedience to God and to go through so much heartache and so much pain and agony. I remember once where uh, the day before I had, I had chosen my own priorities over the priorities of God and I woke up the next morning and my neck was like this. And I literally walked around two or three days with my neck like that in awful excruciating pain as a reminder, every time I walked by the mirror and saw myself crooked over like this, I had to remind me, man, all I had to do was obey God. If I had to obey God, I wouldn't have to go through this excruciating pain and discomfort and all of this type of junk. And so it is just so much better to obey God and to be blessed than to go through all of the needless trouble and, and adversity sometimes that we cause ourselves to get into. Now, I'm not saying that everything difficult or everything bad that happens to you is because you disobeyed God, but when something does happen to you, you surely reflect. You reflect immediately, and many times you can go back and spot the place where you missed it, where you disobeyed God, and as a result, you're suffering some consequences. So it's not all the time, but there are certainly situations where you can put your finger right on it, where you miss God, you disobey God, and as a result, you're paying the price. And so I always like to, um, you know, obey God from the beginning and just avert having some unnecessary trouble. Anybody want to avert some unnecessary trouble in life? <laughs> well, I guess all of you all enjoy your trouble. 
<laughs> well, if you enjoy it, that's fine. Every, you know, every man can have his own way. <laughs> oh, open your Bible. There's a scripture I really like um, over in the book of Proverbs. There's a scripture I like. Uh, and before we read that scripture, um, you know, talking about obedience and disobedience, several people in the Bible have, have come to mind and we'll talk about some. But uh, Jonah in particular, as he was in disobedience to God, one thing you notice about Jonah is that when he was in disobedience, in, you know, walking in disobedience to God, that his life, the further he got away from God, the further his life began to decline. It began to just spiral downward. And it, it's, it's really a vivid presentation of what happens to us when we disobey God. But the moment he disobeyed God, the Bible says he went down. He went down to Joppa. And then when he got to Joppa, he went down to the, uh, to the dock, to the seaport. And he got down to the seaport and he went down to the boat. I want you to notice how his life is just continually going down. He, he went down to the boat, got in the boat, and went down to the bottom of the boat. In the boat, they went out to the sea. When, and when the sea, uh, when the storm came and and he confessed that it was because of his disobedience that they were in that trouble. And they, he said, throw me overboard. And they threw him overboard. He went down in the water. And then, of course, as you know, the whale swallowed him. He went down into the belly of the whale. And then the whale took him down to the bottom of the ocean floor. See, his life just went down. The longer he was away from God, his life was just spiraling down, spiraling down, spiraling down. And so it's a vivid reminder to us that if you disobey God, get back as quickly as you can. Because you don't want to be, I don't want to disobey God and be out of God's will no longer than three seconds. Because anything longer than that is dangerous. <laughs> no longer than three seconds. So you allow three seconds to just recognize your error and then get right back into the, to the will of God. You don't want to hang out there. It's not a place where you want to hang out. You don't want to hang out in disobedience to God. It's dangerous out there. You, you feel naked. You feel unprotected. Something could happen to you at any moment. So I, you don't want to hang around. So there are times we, we miss it and we step out. But be in a hurry to get back. Get back in the, into God's way of obedience. But I love this scripture here in um, Proverbs sixteen seven. It was one of the scriptures that came to my mind as I thought about this little series that we're doing on obedience, Proverbs 16, 7. I love it. Proverbs 16, 7. Notice what it says. If, you, if you're there, read it with me. Let's read together in unison. Proverbs 16, 7. Ready? Read. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. When a man's ways please the Lord... He maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And so obedience, nothing pleases God more than our obedience. And there's, there's something powerful in our obedience. It's, it's like a, the way I received it, it's like a, a force field. It's, it's like you're walking literally in a force field and you have... A force field of God's favor and God's protection and God's blessing around your life. You walk in a force field when you walk in obedience. It's a force field. And it, it is, it is, you know, the Bible says in Psalms 512 that the favor of God surrounds us as a shield. 
And it's like a force field. That's the way I received it. It's like a force field. But the Bible says it's a shield that surrounds you. That God will surround you with this shield. And so when you're walking in obedience, it's, it's like you're walking with this force field around you. And even your enemies can feel it. Even your enemies can feel this force field that's around you. God told his people, he told his people that if they would obey him, that he would be an enemy to their enemies. Even their enemies would know that they were up against something greater than man. And so he said, if you obey me, I'll be an enemy to your enemies. So even the enemies, you know, God calls the enemies of Abraham to bless him. Abraham's enemies. In fact, a great part of his wealth came from enemies. These were enemies that blessed Abraham because God had made a covenant. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll be an enemy to your enemies and I'll even make your enemies be at peace with you when you obey me, when your ways please me. And so it's a, it's a power, it's a power at work in us and in our lives when we walk in Obedience. When we walk in this obedience, Abraham's obedience, it, it literally caused his uh, faith to expand. Abraham became the father of faith. He became what he is in faith and he became in his relationship with God. Really, you'll see he really became all of that. Uh, his first step was because of his obedience. Because of his obedience, God chose him because here was a man willing to obey God. Here was a man willing to do whatever God asked him to do. God says, I want you to leave your family. I want you to go somewhere. I'm going to show you. Abraham didn't even know where he was going, but the Bible says Abraham obeyed. Abraham obeyed and he went out, left his family. He went sojourning to a place he didn't even know where he was going. But by faith, the Bible says by faith, Abraham obeyed. He obeyed God by faith. And so uh, it was really it was really his obedience there that that boosted his faith. He obeyed by faith. He obeyed by faith. So it lets it lets us know that, um, you know, we really have to trust God in order to obey him. You have to trust God to be able to obey him. So Abraham had to use faith in order to obey God. So obedience bolstered his faith. He had to believe God. So we have to trust God to obey God. It's kind of like the story of the man who fell off a cliff and on the way down he grabbed a branch. And as he was holding on for dear life, he looked up to heaven. He said, is anybody up there? Help! And God said, God answered him. He said, this is God, my son. Just let go of the branch and I'll save you. The man looked back to heaven. He said, is anybody else up there? <laughs> See, you have to, it takes some trust. It takes trust to obey God. So you gotta, you gotta trust God to obey God. And so Abraham had to trust God in order to obey God. He had to trust God. And so they're, 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 they really are tied together there. They work together. And so God made this, this covenant with Abraham because he was, he was willing to obey God. He was willing to trust God. And so God was able to use Abraham. And he chose him to start a nation. He chose this one man. All of the Jews came out of this one 
man, the people of God came out of this one man whom God chose because he knew this man would obey him. This man would obey him. And so even the Bible says, uh, if we be Christ, even though we're born into the kingdom by Christ, it still relates us back to Abraham. Then it says, then are ye Abraham's seed. We're Abraham's seed because of Christ. But it's tied back to this one faithful man who God started a people from because he chose to obey God and all that he would do. God even told him that God testing him even told him to kill his son. And you know, Abraham drew that knife back without flinching because he trusted God so much. The Bible says he believed that God was going to raise his son from the dead if he had to kill him. Now, what, a, what obedience, what trust is that? He was ready to kill him, but he, understand, he understood he had covenant, he had promise from God about this son. So he said, even if I had to kill him, he said, I believe God raised him up. He, and that's the picture, that's where God took that picture, and that's where God raised Jesus from the dead, because he had a man in the earth willing to kill his own son, and to see his own son raised from the dead. And God captured that image, and he said, I see that, Abraham. And he said, I'm going to do that with my own son. And so it's, it's a powerful that I don't have time. That's a whole nother teaching. I don't have time to get into that. That's a whole nother covenant teaching there. But there's, there's something powerful about our, about our willingness to obey. Nothing pleases God more than our love and our obedience. Dr. Paul Youngie Cho, who pastors the largest church in the world over in China, I believe. He has the largest church in the world. And somebody asked him the secret to his success. These pastors, group of pastors that met with him, they wanted to know the secret to his success because he had to be the world's foremost pastor. And they wanted to know, what is the secret for you to have the largest church in the world? He said it's simple. He said, I pray and I obey. He said, I pray and I obey. And that was it. He just left everybody with their mouth hanging over because they were looking for, you know, deep details and they were looking for strategies. And he said, I pray and I obey. When we obey God, folks, God's not trying to harm us. God's not trying to keep good from us. God wants you to obey him so that he can take you into your promised land. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Turn over to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 15, 1 Samuel chapter 15, take a look, 1 Samuel chapter 15, take a look at verse 22 and 23, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 and 23, take a look at this, read it along with me there, and Samuel said, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings And sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. 
And so uh, something is, is uh, there's just so much um, information we receive here from the life of Saul. And God gives us the life of Saul to study, to find out something about obedience and how Saul missed it. Uh, he lost his throne. He lost his destiny. He lost his calling. He lost his anointing. He lost his, he lost everything because Saul decided to disobey God and stay in that condition. And it cost him everything. And so we learned something about Saul that, that I want to share with you, uh, some, some powerful things. Um, he tried to, after he disobeyed God, he, he disobeyed God under the guise of giving sacrifice and, and, and giving offerings. And God has specifically given him instruction to um, defeat this particular army and to not to leave anybody or anything alive. God had just given a very specific instruction. And Saul did that uh, with the exception of the fact that he left some things alive. And so, um, and so that's why the, the prophet Samuel shows up and he says, you know, is obedience, is sacrifice better than obedience or is obedience better than sacrifice? In other words, he's saying what you, what you do, what you're doing is good, but he teaches us here that even if you're doing a good thing, if you're doing it in disobedience, it becomes a vain and a futile thing. So you have to be careful, even if you're doing something good, even if, but if you're in disobedience, I'll give you an example. If, if, if you were at home one day and God told you to go take your neighbor some groceries. Now, if God told you to take your neighbor some groceries, and, but you decided to just stay home and enter into praise and worship. Now, you're entering into praise and worship. That's a good thing. But you're in disobedience. Your praise and worship is futile, is vain. God's not honoring your praise and worship because you're in disobedience. No, the worship God wants from you, He wants you to take the groceries to your neighbor. That is praise and worship. And so this is what Samuel shows up to teach Saul. He said, you miss it. You're trying to worship God by disobeying God? You can't disobey God and worship God. Your worship is your obedience. That is your worship. That's how you worship God, by obeying God. You notice the Bible tells us some things about that. The Bible says even if you're at the synagogue or the temple and you're bringing your offering, and if you have something against your brother, if you got ought in your heart against your brother, the Bible says leave your gift on the altar. Don't even give it. Leave it right there. Go and make reconciliation. Go make reconciliation in your relationship. In other words, go and do what God has commanded you to do. Go and do what you know is right in your heart. Go and get it right. Get back in obedience. And then come and give your sacrifice. Then come and worship in tithes and offerings. Notice, uh, the Bible even says, even in our marriage relationships, that even when you're out of fellowship with your spouse, he said, don't bother praying. Don't bother praying. Don't bother praying. Your prayers are hindered because you're in disobedience. You're in disobedience. How am I going to mistreat my wife and then go pray? 
It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So God says, don't even bother praying. Your prayers are hindered because you're trying to do something good in disobedience and it'll never work. It'll ne- Turn your name and say, it'll never work. There's no substitute. There is no substitute for obedience. There's no substitute for simple obedience. Saul was trying to substitute good works for obedience. He was doing something good. I thought it was good myself. It sounded good. You know, he said, he said, Lord, you know, he said, he told some, he said, he said, we left the choice, the best. We killed everything but the best because we wanted to, we wanted to give sacrifice to God. It sounded good, but that's not what God told him to do. God wanted his obedience. So sometimes we can do good things, but if you're, if you're in disobedience, you, you, your, your good things are still vain. They're futile, and they can actually get you in trouble with God when you're in disobedience to him. The, 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 another thing, another key that I learned here from Saul, uh, Saul tried partial obedience. He tried partial Obedience, But I have news for you. Partial obedience is still disobedience. He thought if he can do some of what God said, that that would be enough. And that's, he actually said that when Saul came, Saul said, uh, when Samuel came to Saul, Saul said, he said, oh, I have obeyed the Lord. I have killed the people like he said. Well, that was half of it. That was a half truth. He, so Saul tried partial obedience. So partial obedience is still Disobedience, say that with me. Partial obedience is still disobedience. See, we like to choose. We like to pick and choose what to obey. And the stuff that we don't want to do, we act like God didn't say it. See, we, we hear it. We hear the things God tells us to do that we want to do. So we like to pick and choose. And that's what Saul did. He picked, he, he killed off all the bad stuff. He was picking and choosing. He obeyed God by killing the stuff, but he killed all the bad stuff. The stuff that was good, he kept it. The stuff that was choice, the stuff that was really valuable, he kept it. So he was picking and choosing in his obedience. And that's partial, partial obedience. So partial obedience is still disobedience. Here's another, here's another key that I learned from Saul. I learned a lot. I learned a lot here from Saul. Uh, he teaches us that uh, to be aware of the temptation to rationalize when God tells you something. There's a temptation to rationalize. Uh, there are always good reasons. There, there, see, he had a good reason. He said, Samuel, we were going we to give these sacrifices to God. He had good reasons. The, Lord, we killed everything but the best. We were going to, you know, he had good reasons. So always be aware of um, the temptation to rationalize, good excuses, good reasons. You can have good reasons, good excuses, but it's still disobedience. You can try to finagle your way around what God has told you, but it's still disobedient. Pastor Nathaniel shared, we were in a pastor's meeting not too long ago, and he shared, um, you know, about how God had told him not to focus on growing the church. And he said he tried to finagle around that. And he said, now, God hadn't told C. Elijah anything about trying to grow the church. Now, see, he was finagling around that. So there's a temptation to rationalize and try to finagle your way around 
And so he confessed that out. And But the thing I like about Pastor Nathaniel, he came right back and got it straight. He announced to the church, he said, I messed up. But he said, I am putting it back in order. I'm going back in obedience. That's the main thing. That's the main thing. And so we're trying to finagle. Uh, we try to finagle our, our, our way around. But that is still disobedience. That is still disobedience. And so uh, there are some powerful things about disobedience that we'll, we'll finish up next time. I don't have time to finish up today, but we'll finish in part three. But I want to thank you all who tuned in today. I want you to go to airjesus.com. You can listen to this message, message number 7400. You can listen to it. You can also email it to a friend absolutely free of charge. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to AirJesus.com and TheOnlineWord.com. This was the second message in the Walking in Obedience series by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7400. That's 7400. The next message is number 7401. To listen to the entire series, click series on theonlineword.com. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.